and welcome to Real Talk, Real People, Real Conversation. My name is Charmaine Holland, and thank you so much for joining me today and every day at four, every day at Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is an open mic discussion where you can join and speak to the guests and myself by calling 646-668-8485. Just hit the one and I can bring you on air to speak to us. Um, if, if this is your first time listening to me, you can always follow me on social media, hashtag Charmaine. My website is the same name, Charmaine Holland, and follow PJP Media on podcast platform anywhere around the world. Today our topic is understanding the characteristic of what depression looks like, or look like of all ages from a child to adult which are feeling sadness, tearfulness, emptiness, or hopelessness. Some people may experience other certain behaviors that's worth us having a deep conversation today, so that's why I thought about bringing it up. Last week I had a conversation about depression. It was a young lady um, that has been incarcerated, but before then she was a very successful businesswoman, and she just felt so depressed that she said she put herself in the prison state of mind. She wasn't in prison but she would had that state of mind that she felt like she was in prison. And so because that was my conversation yesterday, I have two guests today, and they were trying to reach, um, reach me while I was on air last week, and they could not, you know, add a comment or whatever. And so they shared about a little bit about their information about depression. So I said, hey, you know what, since right now mental health is right now rampant, everybody's talking about it, everybody's dealing with, everybody have an issue of mental health that we need to overcome. Even myself, I challenge with some of the characteristics of mental health. So I said, why not, you know, have part two? And so today my guest I have is Dr. Aisha and uh, Lynn Jackson. I'll bring them up shortly, but before I do that, I wasn't aware of myself, all the symptoms that we go through in life that pulls us into that line of depression, Um, but that's only if we allow ourselves. And if we don't find the right care or the help to get us out that dark space, you know, we can really go down that dark rabbit hole. And so sometimes I didn't even know that feeling sadness can pull you in that dark space, feeling hopelessness low self-esteem, stagnated, having stagnation, procrastination about doing, by, by not doing things, feeling uh, self-doubt, having self-negative uh, negative talk about ourselves, um, having no sense of direction, and failure, failure of fail, failure. These are some of the characteristics that will lead you down that depression, um, that depression. And then if you stay there too long, you know, everything has a time limit, and if you stay there too long, it will, um, you'll cross over into another dark area of the subconscious mind and the conscious mind where you end up thinking about taking your life out. And so the whole point of having this conversation is to avoid even trying to stay in that space for a long time. So we want to talk about, you know, issues that young people have, even adults have, and how we can help and, you know, talk to our family members or even help encourage our family members to come out of that space that, that they're in. So before I bring in my guests, Dr. Isha and Lynn Jackson, I'm going to go for a short commercial, and I will be right back. 
Well, thank you for staying tuned. Welcome to Real Talk, Real People, Real Conversation with Charmaine. Again, thank you for joining me today. This is an open mic discussion where you can join and speak to the guests and myself by calling 646-668-8485. All you have to do is hit the one. I am totally aware, I'm aware that you, there is access for those who are listening online, but somehow there's a glitch right now. And so next week I will be able to have more of interaction with those who go online and actually those who call in. So for as of right now, if you want to call in, dial that number, hit one, if you want to join the conversation or if you have a question. So as of right now, I'm going to bring in Dr. Aisha. And just to let you know, guys, we are not licensed doctors in the field. We have experienced a lot of the characteristics ourselves. We know a lot of family members. We have had a lot of interactions. Um, with some of these mental health issues or characteristics. So that's the reason why we're just having a regular conversation. So just wanted to let you know. But Dr. Aisha, she's a social justice educator who has focused on equality and, and marginalized students. She is a worker with mothers and family caught inside the prison pipeline via mass incarceration. She is a credential in special education and serves as a director of special education for charter schools through SPED, alongside psychiatrists, speech, language, and other medical and service people who have served in many disabilities that can uh, cipher students' education, including social, economic, uh, emotional disturbance, where depression comes into play um, for, the, for her. And then we also have uh, Dr. Uh, sorry, Lynn Jackson, our other guest, and she is an educated a woman. She's also a business um, entrepreneur who managed consulting firms. She's a mother of two, six grandchildren. Um, she deals with a lot of characteristics of depression. She has been incarcerated for seven years. Her plan was to come out and start her own business, and she has a successful business. And her goal is to be able to work with um, like-minded individuals who are very successful. So in the meantime, I am going to bring Dr. Aisha and Ms. Lynn Jackson on so we can have our open discussion. Hello, ladies. How y'all doing today? Good afternoon. Can you hear me? Yes. Good afternoon. This is Aisha saying good afternoon. Thank you uh, very much, uh, Charmaine. Good afternoon, Lynn, as well. And I'm very appreciative for this opportunity to look at uh, take a uh, begin to take a closer look at some of the social, uh, growing social uh, depression disorders that we find in our in our school. Well, well thank you very much, Aisha. I, Dr. Aisha, I know you're very busy, and I know that you have a lot going on today. And I know you might have to leave early, so I just want to say thank you very much for taking this time out. I'm gonna bring on uh, Ms. Lynn Jackson. Hi, Hello, Lynn. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you for having me, Ms. Charmaine. My name is Lynette Jackson. You're welcome, darling. And, um, <laughs> and it's a pleasure to bring try to bring some light to this dark to this dark subject. Um, mental health is out there as well. I mean, you you can't walk away from it. Um, I've experienced it every day. I mean, it, even if it's not you, it's somebody that's around you that's going to affect you. Um, or being affected by you. So I just wanted to be able to say um, 
you know, I'm sorry and get my spin on it. Um, and thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> That's okay. Oh, no worries. Well, thank you very much. I know you're a businesswoman, and I know you're busy, and I thank you for taking the time out today to sit with me and Dr. Um, Aisha and talk about the characteristics of depression so we can uh, bring awareness to the community and our uh, and families so they can understand the signs that can actually lead families to depression and suicide so everybody's not so much later on shocked that they didn't see the signs. So thank you very much for taking this time out to share. So, you know, while I have you on the line right now, can you just, can you share with the audience, um, the first question is, you know, understanding mental health is a fine line. What kind of characteristics mm-hmm. show up for yourself that you are challenging with, you know, time to times in your life? Uh, the biggest one is insomnia. Uh, there are nights that I can't sleep. There are not some nights that I can get me um, six to eight hours, and then there's some nights that I can only get three hours. And um, as, you, as you know, as an entrepreneur, I'm most productive when I get that six to eight hours. Um, everything is affected, attitude, uh, weight gain, um, isolation, not wanting to be bothered, just, you know, just shelter myself in place. Um, all of those things happen for me. Uh, I may not look like it for the people who do know me, but I, I suffer from, from all of those characteristics. And, and have you been suffering from that for a long time? Yes. Has, has, has yes. that just started? <laughs> Oh, yes, so, so you haven't? It comes off and goes. It often goes. Um, it, it's sort of like okay. that dopamine. Um, when, when, you, when you got it, you got it. When you don't, you don't. When you're up, you're up. And when you're down, you're down. Um, I never know when it's okay. going to hit me. I don't know what triggers it. It, 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 it. it comes, and I try to deal with it. And I try not to let it to show on my face or on my sleeve when I am feeling um, any of these or having any of these um, setbacks or characteristics. So, um, I apologize to the people that I have affected with my negativity because we tend to, I, we can't take back what we say. Once it's out there, it's out there. We throw it in the world. So, um, and okay. as a result, uh, yeah, as a result of, um, of uh, depression or mental health or anxiety or whatever the symptom of the case that I may be in my situation, sometimes I may say things with a sharp tongue. Um, please don't charge that to my head, charge it to my heart because I, you know, I, I don't realize what I'm doing at the, at the time. I'm not on the receiving end of what I'm delivering, and I want to apologize to the people in advance for that. So, Okay, but, 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 but in the meantime, you're making progress to get better, right? I am. I am. I'm working. I'm a Christian working under construction. That's what I call myself. <laughs> okay. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. But, well, you know, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm, I'm glad you brought that to my attention because I did not know Estambia was one of the characteristics that yes. can – cause you to go down that lane. So thank you very much. So I'm going to bring Aisha mm-hmm. on and I'm going to ask her the same question. So one moment. So mm-hmm. Dr. Aisha, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't yes. sure were you listening, but I'm going to ask you the same question. Yes. What kind of characteristics show up for yourself that you challenge with? Uh, for myself, uh, uh, low esteem, L- low esteem and uh, insomnia also uh, is a, a problem. Uh, uh, oftentimes, confusion, kind of like yes, no, yes, no, always trying to uh, weigh something, uh, situations, uh, have some negative 
self-talk and some doubt. Um, and uh, just kind of overall feeling just kind of uh, mediocre uh, when times when I should feel really at my best. Uh, mm-hmm. Just kind of easy to buy into the to the darkness of the kind of current mood uh, that we can find ourselves in. And, of course, instead of, you know, binding to it, we, we need to create some sunshine, I guess you might say. And uh, that is really our uh, role, <laughs> my role in uh, responsibility. But certainly uh, you're going to have some of those kinds of doubts about yourself, and you're going to have some sleepless nights because you are still uh, still some uncertainty or – uh, just uh, uh, just can't let go yet, can't totally relax until there are some things that are in the front of your mind that you feel like you want to uh, get resolved. That, that is uh, true. That is true. Let- and, 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 and absolutely, yes, and that is true. And, that, and, that is, and I mean, I know that goes for a lot of, all of us, because that's human nature. But ask your question, as you get older and mature, do you handle that, the, 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 the characteristics much better? Uh, yes. Yes, I do um, learn to let go, kind of take it out to the max. You know, well, you know, uh, being uh, uh, like the things I'm close to, to my faith and I trust in the creator to uh, – Resolve it ultimately in the best way after I've put forth my best key, uh, and 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 leave it like that. And knowing that it's not so much a matter of life or uh, life or death, some of it could be a little arrogance too. You know, you have to kind of think of that. You know, you you know you're not always going to be just spot on about everything. There's some things that need. Yeah, you know, going to need uh, to hear other voices. You don't have all the answers. We're working as a team, especially in in, in my work. Uh, I, I work in Correct. special education. Yeah, yeah. And mine is certainly Correct. teamwork. Matter of fact, we cannot yeah. even have the the meetings without certain folks there. There is a just a standard team that has to be present before you can conduct the meeting. So Correct. take Absolutely. all that in consideration. So, yes, ma'am. And able to to let go uh, at that time. But Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say a little bit more about special ed and some of the the services, but okay. I can okay. Well, I can well, wait. well, well. I want at first. I just wanted to, first. I wanted to just ask as you get older, the challenge, the characteristic challenges that you deal with. Have you had more control? And so you did. And what you pretty much what you were saying is by you know calling on God to help you and strengthening your faith and knowing that you're going to be right. okay. Whatever thoughts that come through your mind. So it's all about um, having certain 
um, belief systems that helps you to protect you, like almost putting a shield over you so you can be okay. guided so you don't have the negative self-talk coming and damaging you. Is that pretty much what you're saying? Yeah, right. Yes, yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yes. Okay, awesome. More about okay. increasing, increasing your, your faith. Yes, definitely, definitely. Yes. Well, you know, for those who's listening, those who's listening, you know, hope they understand that that is the, one of the number one key thing of having is having that faith. Having that faith and believing in yourself can definitely eliminate a lot of the characteristics that would take you down that dark space. And I know that sometimes, you know, life happens, you know, where sometimes you just out of, you know, it's, it's out of your control, you know, but you can only control what you can at the moment and try not to stay in that. Right. you know, and to move forward. So thank you. So thank you so much for asking right. that question. Yeah. So, the next, once you, so the next once question. You've done, once you've done all that you can do, then that's all that you can do. Again, it's, it's in God's hands how it ultimately will be resolved. And, and nine Absolutely. times out of ten, and probably even more, ten out, out of ten, it's, it's everybody is happy in the end. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. That 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 is the yes, key yes. and the goal. So let, so let me ask you for the. Okay, so let me ask you the second question. So, do you think the pandemic had hit a panic button to trigger a lot of our emotions, where mental health is now the center of so many people' conversations, and why and why and why and why is that? You know, I, I have to say, um, I. I agree. I agree that the pandemic, is, and uh, which has kind of snowballed into a lot of other kind of social disorders and and darkness and uncertainties and just general depression, and it brings me uh, into something I was reading about there was a psychologist or psychiatrist who had uh, was uh, kind of repeating what another psychologist had said about uh, serotonin being being kind of factor, kind of a mental disorder that is causing uh, a lot of depression in uh in our students and the uh, in society, and the other uh, psychologist or psychiatrist has said that he's kind of get a tendency to kind of debunk that because now he feels that a, a lot of this is caused by the depression of our our youth is caused by the darkness in our society, the problems that are now being created in our society. Um, and then that, so therefore, we need to look at some out, outer kinds of causes of the depression and rather than everything being uh, internal. And uh, it reminded me of what I think her name is Eileen Century, S E N D R E Y, who did a uh, the poem that the child uh, uh, who doesn't feel the warmth of the village would burn it down. 
You know, it's interesting because your question about the children, and I know you work with the children and the mothers a lot, but that was my third, my third mm-hmm. question for you. So I'm going to put you on hold and I'm going to come bring um, Lynn in. So at least I want to ask Lynn about the second question before we go into the common characteristics that we see with a lot of the children in our family. So if you don't mind, let me bring Lynn in and hold that thought that you just was about to share so we can ask that next question, okay? One moment. Okay, Lynn? Yes. Okay, thank you, thank you. So I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked uh, Dr. Aisha about the pandemic. You know, um, it seemed like the pandemic had uh, uh, hit a panic button and triggered a lot of our emotions where mental health is now the center of many people's conversation. Why do you think so? Um, Yes, I absolutely agree. Um, We had a mandatory shut-in, shut-down. We took the immediately and almost overnight. They took away our, our our socialization skills. We had to resort back to trying to keep entertain ourselves. The TV, um, kids were exposed to porn, violence um, outside of you know what was going on in the home. Parents were uh, were abusing their children verbally and physically, and um, these kids when they got released and when they got out of that, that shell, that house, that hostage situation, so it was a volatile environment, they had to express themselves and get attention in a negative, you know, in another way. And so the pandemic, I'm sure, incubated that for a long, for a long time. I think also that uh, the pandemic brought a lot of, um, or, or, or brought, to, brought to the forefront a lot of people's uh, mental health that they didn't realize that they had. So um, you heard yeah, there were a couple of shows. Yeah, there were a couple of shows that were saying that um, I love my wife, but uh, this is too much. You know, that, that separation between work and work-life balance. There's too much life balance. Um, the life balance is gone because I'm spending too much time with my wife. I mean, you know, I want I need to miss her again. So um, I, you heard that every day, and look the shootings. The I mean, just. It's sad. I, I, I pray. I constantly pray. Give them what they stand in need of, Lord. You know, touch their minds from the bottom of the tip of their head to the bottom of their souls. Just, just touch them, Lord. That's, that's how I feel about that. Yes. You, that, that, you know what? That is true. And and I have, you know, interact with a lot of people during the pandemic, and there was a lot of relationships that, you know, separated, like you said, you know, being confined to one person and not able to get out the house on a regular basis that we were used to. You know, people who were going to a nine-to-five job, they wasn't going to a nine-to-five job anymore. They were seeing home and had to be around, you know, the one that they say they love, and then all of a sudden it was just a little bit too much. And then the children trying to get acclimated to the online, you know, t- uh, the school system, you know, and that was a lot. A lot of mothers, you know, said that was a nightmare that they have ever, you know, uh, experienced. And they said they would never, ex- they hope they never experienced that again. And a lot of mothers went through anxiety and, you know, had to deal with depression. And some didn't even want to go back outside because of, you know, the COVID has kind of got them confined in. And even for myself, you know, I, you know, I, I felt like, you know, I was stripped, you know, I felt like I was Eve back in the garden, you know, trying to I- identify who I am because of so much right. has happened during COVID for my life, you know what I'm saying? So I can just imagine 
what other people had to go through. And then if you don't have that right mindset, it is hard to pull yourself out of it and find other sources that could be able to help you to move forward. So I appreciate that. So for you, I mean, what type of experience with the COVID trigger for you that you had to pull yourself out of? Uh, the isolation. I had to remove myself. I had a routine. I was going to school. I was in college at the time. I was going to school. But doing my thing, happy, go lucky. And then all of a sudden they said, nope, you can't do this anymore. They put me, took me out of a classroom and put me in front of a TV, in front of a computer. And that was so crazy for me because that was an educational um, uh, tool that I had never used. I mean, computers were done used for, for work, not for education. And so I had to learn that. And then I had to, I couldn't touch my teacher. I couldn't interact with my instructor. I had to have a set time. The rules changed. Um, there was no personal mm-hmm. in, in, engagement. And um, I couldn't lean on my, my, peer, my peer students. You know, mind you, I was the oldest one in mm-hmm. class, but uh, I, you know, they were there for me and I was there for them. And we didn't, I, I, it disappeared. It disappeared. So my grades um, dropped significantly. Um, and I, I didn't return back to, um, didn't return back to college as a result. Um, but mm-hmm. by the grace of God, God okay. presented another opportunity for me to get back in school, and I am, so oh, happy about that. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so, yeah. so pretty much what it sounds like, a, a lot of us kind of experience feeling that hopelessness. We, we, we were so used to being, yes. uh, uh, had, had a contribution to something, and that was pulled from us. And so now we feel hopelessness, and we don't have no presence. We don't have no attachment. There was no activity that we were so used to. So it was like we had to find another way, another coping mechanism so we can identify our human nature so we can be more functional. Is, is that pretty much is what I'm hearing from you? Is that, is, is that true? One hundred percent. Okay. Okay. 100%. Well, so I'm gonna go to the next. But thank, thank, thank you for being honest. So the, the next question I have it says, um, and I, I started asking uh, Doctor Aisha started asking, you know talking about it. But the next question was, what was the common um, characteristics that you have noticed um, seen in children, mothers, and your families that we should be aware of so we can identify some of these here characteristics? You know, it's like sometimes you know I see children. You know, like, for instance, mother's so busy doing something. The kid is by themselves. They isolated. They're in their room playing games, you know, because mother's not paying attention. But what I noticed out of the kids that have that type of household structure, they are honor roll students. And what what, what, what let me um, notice is that because they have somebody else on the other line feeding them, feeding their mind and their spirit and giving them what they need, they can be able to excel in school. But once they come home, they feel isolated as if they're not a part of the family. And I was just talking to uh, Dr. Aisha last week, and she said that there was this girl who was about to graduate, and she'll share, but I I ain't going to cut her off. But I'm going to let her share the story. But she was about to just ruin her life because, outside society triggered her, but she was an honor roll student. You hear that a lot about a lot of smart kids, honor roll, educated, and they end up falling because that support that they used to have is no longer there. So mm-hmm. that was my mm-hmm. uh, my acknowledgement of recognizing 
uh, some of the characteristics that I have noticed in some of the children, but I'm not speaking for you, but can you share a little bit so at least those who's listening can pay attention of what the children and family characteristics that you have seen? Are you there, Lynn? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. I thought oh, no, 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 that was, that, that was for you. Okay, yes. Well, um, so, um, yeah, what I have noticed personally is that uh, parents were uh, locked up in their rooms, giving those kids um, every, uh, I call it liquid, um, electronic crack, those, um, what do you call it, the, the, the video game, um, Grand Theft uh-huh. Auto, and uh, there was a whole other bill in the house. You're paying $50 and $70 for these little cards, these, these kids play um play these games instead of um, pick up the go to Zoom and they play video games all night long, sleep through class and wake up to pick up the electronic um the electronic crack of video games again. Um the parents are not they're letting the, the, the T V babysit them. So the kids are getting a different type of education. So unless they're watching T V S and Nova and, and and Discovery Channel, they're not getting anything. The brains are going to mush. Um my grandchildren went back to school um, before the pandemic, he was just learning to read. Um, now he's at a you know, fourth grade level. He's in a fourth grade. But uh, during the pandemic, he was reading at a second and third grade level. And that was killing me because all of, uh, his, his uh, older brothers and sisters, siblings were teasing him because he couldn't read what they were reading at the level they were reading. So, um, it, it, and his self-esteem really um, got uh, got touched by that also. So that's kind of some of the stuff that I saw personally. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. So I'm going to bring Aisha because I know she has to leave at 440. So I'm going to let her mm-hmm. wrap her comment, what she's going to say, and then I'll come back to you, okay? That's, that's fine. Thank you. One thank moment. You. Uh, okay, yes, Dr. Aisha, thank you so much for holding. I, I appreciate that. So so I know, I know oh, you got to no leave problem, at 440. No Okay. Yeah. Okay. So please, can you share? But yeah, I wanted to share two points. One about the pandemic, and just the lot of the the social and emotional problems that we have generally in society. Um, I can remember when I was younger. You know, I lived in the house when my grandmother's. She always lived with family members, and so we had a a, a lot of people all the time. And a lot of time we would always have to, you know, be at in the house when we could go outside. But our home was our center, and so we would never think of of uh, killing. Like we have so many murders. That are happening in the homes, husbands killing mothers, killing children, and all of that, just because it's just too much. But we never did that when we were uh, growing up, and we had uh, extended families who lived with us, and so um, oh. see the disorganization. So the family, mm-hmm. the family is not. Because can I, let me, let me, can I pause, can I ask you a question? Because you noticing the difference from your for your upbringing and what you seeing now in the children and the murder. What are you seeing? What are the characteristics 
that you are yes. noticing, you know, that people are talking about that's causing the kids to be like that. Right, right. And so, uh, again, the family is not the, the center uh, uh, anymore. But, um, again, I do want to just say, you know, there is a lot of different kinds of uh, needs that uh, our children have in uh, in the special areas. So I, I do want to uh, mention that. But um, the children that I see in the grade school, elementary school, uh, notice that a lot of them, when they are in this kinds of, of in, environments in their homes where it's kind of disorganized and a, a lot of, of, um, of dark stuff going on, a lot of unhappiness. The, I notice that the students, they usually sit alone. They don't have any friends. Uh, maybe one, maybe, but they still don't know how to be friendly. Uh, they'll even often at school stand in the corner until the bell rings, and uh, they stay absolutely clear of any as much participation as possible uh, outside and inside. The ones in the middle uh, school. Uh, they, some of them will sit against the wall. They wear, the clothes are rather tattered. Uh, they uh, will engage in risky behavior, uh, vaping, or, and easily encouraged to move into that uh, even more so. Vaping, smoking, alcohol, uh, suspension, uh, parent notices going out. Uh, they won't participate in gym, uh, thoughts of suicide, guilt building, poor class performance, and uh, the like. Uh, they've lost interest in any kind of pleasure, uh, and often, you know, even in class, they'll do a, they'll sleep if they can. Anxiety is high. Mm -hmm. and, even uh, thoughts, okay. of, thoughts of death. So all of these kinds of uh, uh, activities and and uh, feelings that um, will eventually they just kind of float away and just move into homelessness as far as, as uh, often as they can. But typically. You know, again, the the home is disorganized. Uh, the okay. parents okay. aren't getting along. The parent, one parent, may be incarceration, returns home. Uh, then the, it was already kind of a, in disorder, and then one of those they return, and now you have an additional person that is um, okay. yeah has to be counted. Uh, in all of this, so um, okay. So, 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 and, so, so, so yeah, let me so, ask you a question. So, so what I'm hearing, go ahead. So, the, what, what I'm asking, what I'm hearing that you're saying. Okay, hold on, hold on. So, yeah, what I'm hearing that you're saying, based on, 
we must have a delay in our phone. So what I'm hearing is that you're saying is that because the home is not center with, you know, uh, communication and interaction and, you know, showing the love, you know, yeah. um, you noticing that the children yeah. in organized. is lacking the same or not organized, you you noticing the behavior is the same when they're in school. And that's how you as teachers, you can identify that there's an issue with the children when you see that they don't want to participate or they don't want to interact with it. You see the low self-esteem, you see the sadness. Um, you, you see certain behavior in them. And so how do you teachers try to help them when you're noticing that that, that that is going on in that child? And we have those that have that kind of clinical depression, uh, mental health disorders, you know, kind of characterized by, uh, you know, this consistent depression. And uh, so we have a team, and, and we call this the special ed team, and that it would be, our all of our psychologists, psychiatrists, uh, and certainly we make contact first with the parent and, and uh, try to give our support there and deal with uh, some of the outside community resources. And however, mm-hmm. many times it has to end up being a special education meeting where the student has an IEP where uh, we provide them with services on a weekly basis with whatever kind of provider that they need according to their level of stagnation or, or depression. And it's, it's about 11 or 12 different, um, uh, say, disorders or disabilities that they could have. But that depression mostly comes from out of the, uh, uh, what you call the um, uh, social-emotional disturbance where the depression comes into into play on the student, which certainly impacts the uh the another uh aspect of especially as a specific learning disability because usually okay. that kind of disorder which certainly is going to impact their overall performance uh in areas Okay, of can I ask another question? Provided. Yes, yes. Okay, so so, so, so so when you notify the parent, is the parent aware of, um, are they aware of the the um, the interaction that you have noticed with a child? Do they, in, are they in agreement or some of them are, you know, do they question what you uh, are coming up and stating about their child or is it an agreement? Yeah, uh, you, you, you can have a mix, it can be a mixed uh, response, but, uh, that level, typically, they'll say, well, yeah, yeah, we have some of that at home. And they may even say, well, his dad uh, came home from jail and they're not getting along. And um, or you know, his sister doesn't uh, get along because he doesn't like her boyfriend. And, you know, so they own some of it. They own some of it. And... Uh, he asks, you know, what have you done? Uh, well, typically, typically uh, nothing because he doesn't want to talk to or the girl doesn't want to talk to anyone. So um, if, you know, if we typically, I mean, and then we tell the parents, you know, we need to really need to have you to come in if you wouldn't mind and because, 
you know, he's just not performing or she's not performing, and, and we have a concern about the overall mm, okay. uh, b- behavior. So, you behavior. know, we, okay. we can push so, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, attitude or okay, yeah, so, his level of... Okay, so, mm-hmm. uh-huh. so, so, what, so what I'm hearing is that there's different major dynamics that take place in the home that you're noticing that the children are acting a certain way, and then that kind of, you know, brings an alarm to you guys to kind of step in to say, how can you help avoid this child going through this dark hole? Is that what you're saying with all the different dynamics yeah, exactly. that take place in the home? Exactly. And we do have the right to call out uh, Child Protective Services if we feel like, uh, you know, parents not uh, participating. Compliance. Uh, the child, the uh-huh. child is at home. Yes, and the child is okay. at risk, at, at harm. So we do have the to right to uh, do that, and then it's okay. It's okay. Okay, and with, and with the outside service that you recommend to the parents, that kind of helps them as well because obviously if it's affecting the child, there's also that means it's affecting the fa- the family, everybody else, the mother, and everybody else who's in the household. Correct. Absolutely. Now it's affecting the school. And, and, and ha- <laughs> yes, and so, and, so, and so in your time working with the children, have you noticed any improvement when y'all do bring it to the parent attention and get the child the help? Have you noticed changes in the children? Has it been a lot or still there's still, you know, questionable percentage? Yeah, well, there, it's, it's, it's slow, but uh, if the people are really participating. If the parents are really sincere, they they just didn't know uh, how far they could go and where to go and, and that kind of thing, and, and we bring on help, um, you can and they should see some kind of sport, but they also have to work at it. You know, because you may have another parent in the home is against it, and he or she is fighting the the support. So now you got that piece, which might cause the mother, in this case, to slow down about getting help because it causes more, uh, you know, confusion <laughs> after the mm-hmm. yeah after the help leaves. And so okay. it, it, okay. it's a yeah it's a difficult situation for. Yes, and I know the main thing is the children, you know, looking out for the children, trying to break the generational curse, you know, so we can be able to yes. have a better generation instead of what we see today. So I know you got to leave, so I'm going to bring Lynn back on, but is there a closing remark that you would like to share with the Mr. audience about what type of solution um, that, you know, individuals who are experiencing these characteristics you know, of, 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 of getting closer to depression, what type of guidance and support? Um, n- n- no, that's my question, right? You're asking me for this, my last word? Yeah, I'm asking you to close the remark, a closing remark, a solution. The family, mostly our school and in, in, uh, in our school, and now I'm currently, since I'm kind of semi-retired here, uh, established a family uh, a parent resource center because we didn't have that. And so we have a center that the parent can come and get any kind of assistance 
that uh, come and talk to us, and we can ensure that again that they get that support. And I would certainly advise them uh, to to do that. So that's there for them. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. That's good. I'm, I'm, I, well, that they, well, you know what? First, I want to say congratulations on you retiring, but that's wonderful that you still continue doing the work that you were doing in school, trying to bring awareness to help the children and as well as provide a resource for the parents as well with your resource program. So thank you very much for that. And, again, I thank you again for taking the time out to come and share your expertise and what you have witnessed, you know, working with special ed and the school system of seeing the children and how to avoid them dealing with the depression based on the home structure, you know. So I thank you so much. I'm going to um, go thank ahead you. and bring Lynn on. If you're still available, you can stay okay. on, but if you got to go, I understand. I know you're a busy woman. So thank you again, okay? Thank you so much, you, and good night. You, you're welcome, darling. You're welcome. Have a blessed one. <laughs> Lynn, are you there, Lynn? I am, I am. Thank, thank you so much I for your patience. I know Dr. Aisha had to leave early. So, you know, so now yeah, I'm just meeting you, but, time. you know, I was, mm-hmm. huh? I enjoyed that conversation. That was very, very impactful. Okay, well, hey, well, it's your time now. So, you know, so enlighten <laughs> us on some of these characteristics that you believe that these children and the mothers and the families are dealing with so at least other people can understand what to look out for, you know, you know, dealing with their loved ones. So we're not so hard, you know, because I say when I was a mother growing up, you know, your child, you know, did only because I think my mother did it to me. It was just a domino effect. You know, your child sitting around yeah. and doing nothing. You're like, look, get, get busy, yeah. get active. But we're not really stepping mm-hmm. back to say, okay, wait a minute. Is there something that he's dealing with? So can you enlighten us on what yeah. your experience has been? And, and I know you've been incarcerated. I know, I know we only got 13 minutes, but I, I don't know when yeah. you actually incarcerated or what triggered you to have to spend time in jail and stuff like that. So can you just enlighten some of information about the characteristics that we deal with as individuals that may cause us to end up mm-hmm. having to serve time or not having that resource? Sure. Sure. It, it, it. My uh, my case was I'm the oldest of five and 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 um, I had a mother who um, who used drugs and um, I was the oldest one and so when she fell out I fell in and I it's just the way I, the ranking order and filing in, in, in the black family we stick together we make it happen we make it work um, everybody else eats and you eat what's left over so um, and it, so it's always been in my heart that I make sure that things go right. Make sure that things could happen. Make sure the bills could pay. And as I grew up, um, as I turned into adulthood, I have not been able to let that go. So it gives me my spirit and my characteristic, which may be a defect for me, but for some it's a blessing. Um, I just try to make sure things are right all the time. So um, I had a welfare fraud case um, that uh, back in 1985, and in 1992 they decided to pick up the case. And um, I was incarcerated for seven years. Um, when I came in, um, I knew that I was going to be a different person when I walked in. I knew that that was I was in a place there. Um, I didn't think that I was any different than anybody. I was the same, but I just the, the stories, the horror stories that I was there, and I had to get myself out of that mental funk. So I, I kept myself busy with trying to motivate the women there. 
So I started a program called You Are Somebody to Me with another lovely young lady whose story is more brilliant than mine. Um, uh, I'll just briefly go over. She's passed away um, now. Um, she has a daughter who received life at age um, 18, and the only way that she could see her is if she caught a case to come hug and kiss on her babies before she passed away. So she would do that. Uh, she caught a case and she would get the uh, probation, the parole violation so she could come and spend time with the child. She'd do a year sometimes, sometimes six months. And I met this lady and I said, well, there's something we got to do, something we can do. And she says, um, uh, she says that when her, uh, when the judge uh, called her in to sentence her, he told her 25 years of life next case. And she, she said she was in there maybe, maybe 10 minutes and her daughter's life was gone. And she said she thought that she lost it. She mm-hmm. wasn't going to commit to that. So that's how um, she, uh, how You Are Somebody to Me uh, came. Uh, she wrote a book. She okay. wrote a story. We recreated. So let me ask you a yeah. question. So you said that your mother fell out and you fell in. So you had to take care of your siblings at a young age. Exactly. Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah. Okay, and so yes. and so I'm, I'm sorry you were talking a little you were talking a little fast. So and then you said something about oh, welfare, where you was on welfare, and you yes. had got a case. Yeah, yes, yes. Was, I, I caught a welfare. Uh, I was working and collecting welfare benefits at the same time. And so okay, and okay, back so in the nineties. Exactly. So back in the nineties, um, that was that, that was a gross class A felony. So they sent you to prison for a hundred years. And um, and that's what happened. So um, and as a result, I just and so so let me ask you a question. So when you had to serve time, who took care of your seven? Who took care of your your siblings? Did mom fall back in rank? No, they they kind of felt that handled it uh, on their own. They just you know okay. they fell out on their own. Um, and to right now to this day, they still kind of call out to reach me. I keep telling my mom. My name is Lynette, not Mom, and not ATM. So um, we still have this conversation. <laughs> okay, so so so, um, are, so, are, so because so, so because of that so because of that cycle took place, are they are they dealing yes. with a lot of characteristics of depression? What? Yes, yes. Mental health is really real prevalent in my family. Not quite sure how it skipped me as as drastic and severe as it is for them, but um, I guess I'm. Only God knows. Maybe he spared me. I just don't know. Maybe I was in the right line that day. Um, but, yeah, it's very, very prevalent in my family. And I have to, I recognize a lot of the signs and the symptoms as soon as they, as soon as they say, hello, good morning, if it, if it comes out that way. Like I said, people don't understand what's okay. they're and, when they put it their mouth. Okay. And so, and so are your siblings getting the help and, you know, that they need since we're talking about characteristics? We're trying to bring no, awareness no, of these types of characteristics. no. No, they're not. I've, I've asked no. them. I've introduced them. No, um, I, I, they're not even on disability. They won't even take the medication. They won't go get the medication. They're in denial. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so actually, a question. So, what kind of characteristics are you noticing that your siblings are dealing with because of the trauma that you you leaving, mama leaving, and stuff like that? Abandonment, anger, um, maybe. Uh, this is what I'm, I can't I can't speak to this one, but I'm sure commitment failure. I, that's what I see. I don't know if they're feeling it. Okay. I mean, because I've shown okay. them, and, and I tell them in conversations. I've shown you 
the right way to do things, and I've shown you the wrong way to do things. It's up to you to choose. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and do you, you think that they something. actually hold in a lot of anger? Yes. Do, do, yes. I was asking, do you think they hold a lot of anger, a lot of resentment with you or mom? I wouldn't say with me. And if it, when they, I, I'm not sure where the anger is stemming from or where it's being directed at. But because okay. of my position, the way I dealt with them, they know they're thinking only go so far. So. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. You know, this is you know this is so real, and so even talking to Dr. Aisha and you, you know, it, mm-hmm. it seems like it's the, the mm-hmm. stem of it is coming from the home base. It's coming from home, yeah. and it's dealing with a lot of our our um, upbringing as children, and then we carry right. it into our adulthood without actually addressing right. some of these here issues. And like you said, being in denial, yeah. not even knowing that I have this issue, but I'm feeling a certain way that's unspeakable that I really don't understand why I'm really feeling this way. So if, if, if I don't understand why I'm feeling this way, it's like, why should I go seek some help? Because I can't explain to you why. Does, does, does that mm-hmm. make sense? Is, is, is that what? Yes. A, a lot, a lot yes. is going on? Okay. And, and I yes. think that's what a lot, yes. that's why a lot of people don't go and seek help because they don't think they're in denial. Mm-hmm. They don't think there's anything wrong, right. Right. but they feel it in a certain way. You're absolutely right. You so, so, so I know we only got, I know, I know, I know, I know we don't have enough time, but I know we got five minutes. So I, I just first I want to say thank you very much for even taking the time out your busy schedule to be on the air to speak about the characteristics and even sharing about your personal life and your family or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, of just talking about the topic. Because as I go into prison and every week and I interact with these women, I'm experiencing the same type of, you know, the characteristics and mm-hmm. the depressions that they are dealing with that's causing them to be incarcerated because they don't have mm-hmm. nobody to go to. So. I'm going to let you mm-hmm. do a closing remark, and then you can share about your business and the service that you have done for the time that you got out and now what you're and how you have transformed your life into something of helping other people. So please share. <laughs> Thank you. So um, like I said, when I went in, I knew that uh, I was out of place, and it was from the day that I was handcuffed and put on the bus and got off the bus and walked up in the this worked for me. I'm going to make a difference. This is going to go fast, and I got to do something different. So while I was in there, I just kept listening, listening to all of these stories and watching these people's lives and these people coming in and two and three months and sometimes weeks back to back that I thought, you know, there's got to be a way. I mean, this this is not the norm. This is not. This can't be somebody's comfort zone. And in some cases, it was. And I knew it wasn't going to make it. It was going to be a comfort zone for me. So when I got out, I always had the spirit to um, be my own boss. And uh, I've always been a manager in, in, in facilities, and they always give you stipulations and limitations. You can, you got to go in, at, you got to be there at 6, and you got to be out by 8 o'clock p.m. as a manager. And if you are hourly employee, you can't work in the overtime. And to me, those are the restrictions that didn't work for me. So I created a couple of positions or a couple um businesses that would work for me so I could work under my own hours, under my own office, and, and go from there. And as a result, mm-hmm. um, company name, Diffusion Consulting Services um, arise, arose um, as a result of me trying to help um, anybody that doesn't understand the chaos or um, of, 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 of administration of technology or communications or documents. Um, I deciphered for them and explained it to them, and then 
process whatever it is that they um, they need to be processed um, for a nominal fee. And I also do business plan development and financial business planning and uh, financial assistance for, um, for small businesses. Anybody that wants, I go from dream to start up to funding. And, okay. Um, and is there a website that can find you at? Of course. It's www.diffusionconsultingservices.com. That's my website. And you, and you say it again. You said confusion? No, it's diffusion, like the uh, diffusion and atom. It's www.diffusion. D is in David, I is in ice cream, F is in Frank, F is in Frank, U is an umbrella, S is in Sam, I is in ice cream, O is in ostrich, N is in Nancy, consulting, C O N S U L T I N G, services. S-E-R-V-I-C. Wonderful, wonderful. Again, I just want to thank you for taking this time out and, like I said, sharing your story and spending this hour with me and Dr. Aisha of just helping to bring awareness about characteristics of depression. And I pray that whoever's listening will got benefit of hearing the information and help. hopefully they can be able to see what it is that they need to look at more clear to understand how to help themselves or the loved ones to be able to move forward and um, yeah, to move forward, to move forward to not be able to be stuck. So thank you again, um, Lynn Jackson. I appreciate your time. Okay. I know yeah. I'm running out, so I just want to do my closing remarks, and maybe we get to have this moment again. So thank you very much, and you have a wonderful day. And I'm gonna put you back in the audience, and I'm gonna close out. So thank you again. Okay, and so thank you for my guests and my listeners for sharing this opportunity with me. Um, this have, this live podcast has inspired me to go the extra mile where I can touch the heart that needs healing with deep conversation that's relevant with life issues to uplift, motivate, empower, and stimulate the thinking to help us bring awareness of what is going on in our life whole, in our family situation, so we can thrive to become our effective self. Again, I want to thank you for the opportunity of joining in and listening every Thursday at 4 o'clock Pacific time and 7 o'clock Pacific Standard time. So in the meantime, have a blessed day, and I will see you next week. Bye-bye.